37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 220. And guess what, folks? This one does count. Uh, sorry about last time's ramblings, guys. We just uh, needed a week off and decided very last minute. Now, on this episode, we are Sans Steven. He is having a date night with Katie, which is fantastic, so we hope they're having a good time. But that's not going to stop us from talking about a specific topic that honestly has been requested um, several times for us to cover. But before we... Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a few people um, email and a few people have asked me, you know, on Instagram and stuff if we're going to talk about it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. Of course, you already saw what it is in the title of the episode. We're going to talk about the crank caverns. Yanking your crank. (laughs) (laughs) Yanking your crank in the caverns. But before we get started, Preston, how are you, buddy? Give us give us a check in real quick. Um, well, I'm I'm still uh still breathing. Uh, I can't sleep, so that sucks. Oh, uh, it's no. like having uh, it's like having like uh, your seasonal insomnia. So like, um, I go to bed at three a.m. and uh, wake up at. Um, you know, 7 a.m., 6 a.m., get ready, go <laughs> oh, to work. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, I'm tired and I want to go to sleep. Uh-huh. But then whenever I, I lay down to go to sleep, I uh, start to get, uh, like, difficulty breathing. Like, I feel the ch- uh, pressure in my chest, and it's, like, um, almost like anxiety, on, like, on top of that. So mm-hmm. it's like my body just doesn't want to shut down. But my brain's like, fuck you, I'm tired. Like, let's get this party rolling. And the two fights, so I lay there for, you know, a couple hours, several hours, and then finally I'm like, boom, I'm out. Um, so, But my snoring has been cured, so that's like the, the plus is <laughs> not only am I not sleeping, but when I finally do pass out, I, I'm no longer snoring. So then, the, the you know, the wife uh, gets to get to sleep now well, instead of like elbowing me 20 yeah. times throughout the night. So uh, take the it's, good with it's the a bad. win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win for somebody. It's just not a win-win <laughs> it's for just me. Not you. So. Yeah, you're taking one for the team. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it uh, it could very well be much worse. And you know, I know a lot of people right now. Hell, a friend of ours' boyfriend is currently in the hospital, or been in and out of the hospital. Yeah. So, guys, we know this is not a COVID podcast. We'll get to the topic here in a second, but I think it's good to talk about this stuff. Um, I think I'm about ninety percent taste and smell has returned, but shit just tastes so funny. Like right before COVID, I was getting really into Dr. Pepper and really enjoying it. And now post COVID getting all my senses back, it tastes delicious until I swallow it. And then the aftertaste is much like a bathroom cleaner. Yeah. My, uh, my cousin that uh, works at uh, St. Francis, um, you know, he got, the uh, the vids very early on um, last year and um, basically everything but Dr Pepper when it comes to like pop so like Coke Pepsi Mountain Dew Sprite yeah. Seven Up uh, root beer all taste like turpentine to him yeah um, so the only thing that he can stand to drink is Dr Pepper which prior to this was his least favorite oh, no. soft drink. 
but it either doesn't have a taste or tastes like turpentine. So he's like, fuck it. Um, you know, uh, I guess I'm a DP guy a now. DP, so. yeah. Well, yeah, that's bizarre. There's a certain stuff. Not that type of DP. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I used to be a big fan of Cool Ranch Doritos, and now those things taste funky to me. Like, just the, the taste is not as sharp or it's not as, like, you know, punchy as it used to be. And so, I don't know. Maybe it's a healthy thing for me to not like Dr. Pepper and Doritos <laughs> anymore. There you go. Who knows? Well, to cap off that little chit-chat about the vid, we just like to say this. Wash your hands, don't pick your nose, and respect other people's spaces. Or if you do pick your nose, don't put it in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And if you do pick your friend's nose, then you just ignored all of our sage advice. Yeah, that shit's <laughs> not fun. Well, tonight's episode, like I said earlier, is one that people have requested off and on for the last... My God, five years. So we thought we'd do a little deep dive, a little spelunking into the old Crank Caverns. Preston, you did the heavy lifting on this episode, so I'll just let you take it away, buddy. Oh, man, that means I can't vape this episode. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few spots where I will be uh, speaking, so, you know, you get a couple of vape breaks in there. I can get one in. Okay. So, <laughs> Crank uh, is a village near Rainford, Maryside, England, in the metropolitan borough of St. Helens. The Crank Caverns, a.k.a. the Eerie Maryside Caverns, um, have been explored and have been a hot topic throughout the generations. Because, uh, I mean, what's not to love about dark, damp, dank, scary places? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's been cons uh, become synonymous with uh, haunting uh, folk tales and legends, which, fuck yeah, that shit is right up our alley. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I first clicked on the topic, I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's a cave in England. Like, God, Sean, I don't want to talk about this. And I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck did you add this to the doc? And then I started scrolling. I was like, oh, oh my. Uh, so daddy got excited. Anyways. For years, uh, the Crank Caverns and Crank St. Helens have been associated with numerous myths and stories from children being chased by dwarves to underground tunnels leading to other parts of the borough and, you know, tons of paranormal activity. So before we get into the juicy bits, let's nail down some facts. I know that's something sometimes we don't like to do around here, but, uh, you know, we should give you the, the meats before the taters, so... <laughs> Crank Caverns is the common name of what remains of the Rainford Delf Quarry. Um, it is a network of underground tunnels and caverns as well as extensive woodland. Information in the St. Helens local history archive state that mining began as early as 1730, so a long fucking time ago, with a small stone quarry known as the Rainford Delf. And the mining would go on for well over 100 years and then picking up and on and off again into the 1930s. So they mined this area for like 200 years, basically, off and on. Yeah. So they just kept going back for more. <laughs> I wonder if it, uh, well, you, I'll wait. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a, you know, Ghostbuster Afterlife reference. Like, I wonder if it's like that, but I'm like, no, no, no. We're too early into the episode. We got to wait for that. <laughs> 
As the quarry expanded, the cost of purchasing land in order to open up a cast mine um, increased, so it was decided to opt for a different method. So let's line our money with pocket and fuck safety and fuck you know everybody else that works in there. So instead of quarrying out the stone, they would mine it out, which is a very basic plan of following a steady seam of decent ore and you know basically you just keep on whacking like Minecraft until there's no more. <laughs> I was going to say we've all played Minecraft, yeah. Yeah, and spoiler, this resulted into the network of caves and tunnels and shafts that we see today. First of all, you said shaft. And second of all, <laughs> mining ceased in 1865, and the woods and caverns were then used as a game reserve for the Earl Derby, Earl of Derby, until 1939, when the various tunnels would go on to become a system of storage facilities for ammunition for the anti-aircraft position located in Crank right around the time of World War II. After the Second World War, the caverns were then used as a game reserve again and were thus open to the public. Now, however, the area is a recreation place for dog walking and hiking, although the caves today are just about all but off limits. Oh, maybe they should, uh, you know, make it a disc golf park, too. <laughs> I wonder if they play disc golf over there in the UK. Fuck, okay, they should. Yeah. Anyways, since the caverns were not formed naturally, their stability wasn't consistent, and they had the tendency to collapse. And inside the caverns today, there are many signs of roof collapses that have taken place over time. But despite being a dangerous place to explore and all the signs for your safety, people <laughs> still go down crank caverns today. But due to health, safety, and issues, certain areas have been locked, blocked off, and demolished because people... We're getting lost in the caves, but I'm pretty sure that hasn't stopped any of those urban explorers out there. Right, because fucking Peter down the street and Susie down the way all think that they're just better than the last person who fucking died from urban exploration, and bada-boom, bada-bing, that's how you get ghosts. Yeah, fuck it, we just need some flashlights and some chalk. Don't be a pussy. We got this. <laughs> wow. And because people are just a bunch of bastards, both the insides and outsides of the cave are littered with, you've guessed it, litter. <laughs> That's right, since there's so much garbage and broken bottles, visitors of the cave have to be careful not to fall on broken glass or, you know, maybe get a needle shoved in their leg or, Ooh. you know, step on one. Yeah. And there have also been reported cases by locals and visitors that from the high winds... Rob, this one's for you. Oh, buddy. Trees have fallen down. Oh. <laughs> oh. But thankfully, they haven't hurt anyone when they fell. They just created a big obstacle in front of kank, crank caverns. But holy fuck, we're not here to talk about trees falling on Rob, and we're not here to talk about <laughs> the environment and nature. We're here to talk about creepy shit. So let's get on to the good stuff. <laughs> what uh, what Preston is alluding to, unfortunately, um, Rob, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Um, Rob and Bobby woke up, gosh, when was it, Sunday morning, to the disturbingly yeah. sweet sounds of a fucking tree falling on top of their house. Thankfully, they were both okay. Um, we're just kind of waiting to hear what the old homeowner's insurance is going to have to say about it. I've actually, I've been there and I've had that happen to me. In Kentucky? I was, no, I was <laughs> house-setting uh, my uh, buddy's uh, mom's house, um, oh, 
right when I got out of like high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took a family trip to Hawaii, and they're like, well, since you don't want to fly and don't want to go with us, um, you know, you can babysit the house. And there was, like, a, a huge, like, thunderstorm. And uh, sitting in the living room watching TV, passed out with the beer in my hand. And next thing I know, there was, like, this loud, you know, crash noise, and the house shook. And I went in, and a tree had fallen into the sunroom, went through the roof, and just, like, fucking rain and hell was, like, coming in, just water going everywhere. Oh, shit. I'm like 19, 19 at the time, so I'm like, well, fuck it, not my ass. Oh no! Man, let me call Tree. <laughs> let me call, let me call Trees real quick. Uh, yeah, the, everything's going great. Uh, the, there's a tree in the sunroom. You might want to call your insurance company. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, but uh, called up old Big John Wiener, and then he's like, "Oh, come over tomorrow with the chainsaw. We'll we'll clear it out." And so that's what we did. Well, there's numerous myths and legends associated with the caverns, including those involving strange creatures and bizarre happenings. The most famous is that during Reformation, local Catholics, being persecuted by King Henry VIII, took shelter in the caverns and conducted a secret mass. Now, since initial mining on the quarry only began back in 1730, Naysayers seem to think this rumor has been proven false. However, there is some debate as to whether or not some of these caverns were formed naturally, and thus the area may have been used for secret masses and somehow became incorporated into the Rainford Delft Quarry. Because the caves still have some strange connections to the church, or in this case, churches. Stories report that the caves have tunnels that lead into secret openings to the Up Holland, located up in Wigan, the Low House Church in St. Helens, and the Moss Bank in St. Helens as well. But more dastardly, there's some supposed proof that a seven-mile tunnel runs from the St. Helens Town Hall into the Crank Caverns, and in this area it was burrowed out in order to provide a path to a secret area within the caverns where the town officials could conduct secret hangings. And if we continue to dig a little deeper, according to local legends, there was a subterranean church allegedly found near Billingy in late 18th century, complete with hand-carved cathedrals and stone gargoyles. <laughs> that is pretty fucking gnarly. But dude, we're not here to talk about churches and secret society hangings and all that. It's all fine. But gosh darn it, let's get on to the creepy crawlies. So if you talk to the right people, you'll find that there's rich folklore that's gone on for decades about the tunnels of the crank caverns being haunted by a roving pack of cannibalistic gnomes. (laughs) Our favorite. Yes. The most famous story about these little bearded bastards take place when four school children decide to explore the limestone caverns in the area. To their parents' dismay, because they didn't pay attention to the warning signs either, Right. three of the four children never returned. The one small child who survived and told the terrifying tale about these little old men with beards who crawled out of holes in the walls of the caverns that attacked the children and killed three of the surviving boys' friends and chased them all the way down to the opening of the caverns. The terrified child ran for his life, dodging the chunks of rocks and the crumbling tunnels. But he claims that he tripped over piles of human bones on the cavern floor, trying to escape these creepy little bearded men that were chasing after him. 
As he looked around, standing back up, he said he saw various human skeletons and dismembered skulls strewn about the ground. And somehow, after his thrashing and his kicking, he somehow managed to scramble through an opening to the surface, just as a stubby hand was grabbing around his ankle. The boy made it back to safety, and he recounted his harrowing story to the authorities, who were pretty concerned because a number of people had recently gone missing in the area near the cave. And so they sent two heavily armed soldiers who descended into the caverns with torches to investigate this child's claim of murderous gnomes. And when they returned to the police, they claimed that they not only found a heap of human bones that the boy had reported, but they said they also found the ruins of ancient church of some unknown denomination. The interior of the church was lit by three large candles and grotesque gargoyles formed part of the altar. Throughout the exploration of the underground, the soldiers said they felt as if they were being watched and also heard voices speaking in an unknown language. One report said that a child's head was found in a cave along with evidence of cannibalism. After the authorities sent out a second investigation into the caverns, the caves either collapsed or the soldiers were so disgusted maybe even a little scared of what they discovered that they possibly used gunpowder to seal them off and, you know, <laughs> blew the cave the fuck up <clears throat> so they could trap whatever was in those tunnels. One researcher stated, in the caving world, a cathedral would be an opening of a cave of a mine. The best way to describe a cathedral in a mine is how it is described this day, a big grand opening with big rooms and big walls. So it could be that uh, the idea of the cathedral was just a, you know, a term that the miners use and then, then kind of turned into a modern day folklore. Or <laughs> we're going to go with option B, that they stumbled upon, a, you know, a satanic church of <laughs> cannibalistic Yeah, we've notes. been in several caves, um, Steve and I, and that is the common term, a cathedral, you know, big opening, big grand, vast opening. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Some additional information appeared in 1933 when the St. Helens newspaper and advertiser published an article by two of the reporters who went on an exploration of the caves with candles, lamps, and chalks. See? That's all you need to be safe. Those three things. Anyways, the article was published Friday, September 22nd edition and occupied almost a quarter of the page of broadsheet on one of the main local news pages and was... Uh, number five in a series of articles called Man Behind the Scenes, and it was subheaded Two Hours Ooh. in the Underworld. During their, yeah, during their exploration, after they had crawled around for about 40 yards, they encountered a six-foot drop onto a shingle. At this point, the passage had widened to two feet, six inches, and was four feet high, so <laughs> perfect gnome size. The air was wonderfully fresh, but ice cold. From here, there were many branches of the tunnels that led to dead ends, and at one point they found timber, and some of it appears to have been placed there as safety props to keep the cavern's ceilings held up. They chalked on the walls to guide them, and after a sudden turn, they were in a huge cavern. The report goes on to describe this area as cathedral-like, with colored arches of smooth-faced rock reminiscent of imposing vastness of the Lowe's House Church. And at one end of the vast chamber was a, a gallery that bore a striking resemblance to an altar complete with steps. 
At this point, they claimed that they were about a mile underground. Having mounted the altar, they found another passage as small as the entrance, and after crawling from uh, for some distance along, they found a hole which they dropped down into that led them uh, to a point that uh, they'd been to before near the entrance. The article concludes with a statement that they did not find any evidence of uh, legends such as a great underground lake, and they did not find a pulpit used by priests um, in the Reformation. Equally negative, they did not find the the well that the Bellingers are reputed to have been drowned in for uh, burning farmers' haystacks. But the following week, the publication of the Crank article, a letter to the editor appeared, no doubt prompted from the above story. It was headed, Crank Caverns Exploration, a Previous Expedition. The letter says that the author and two friends decided to investigate the caves uh, that when they first learned of, of its existence. They were more elaborately equipped than the uh, reporters with two picks and a shovel, a carbide lamp, and a ball of string. So, no. I guess they didn't or need chalk. they thought they might encounter a cat. Well, that's true. The letter explains that they explored all the main galleries, which were blocked off or led into one or another at various places. Eventually, a small hole was found after crawling through the roof. Uh, they found... Uh, the roof was very high and they could not touch it. They used the string to mark their route. However, the writers of the letter believed the reporters could not have been inside this cave as the, the they stretched out the string that was uh, left behind. Uh, the writer exited the cave and also left behind the uh, were the picks and the shovel, which uh, the reporters uh, did not mention. Mm. So maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were in a, a you know, another yeah, cathedral that's down the thing there. About caves, man. Unless you're an actual seasoned spelunker, it's best not to trifle. Now, these caverns yeah. specifically are also rumored to be haunted. In a 1997 documentary from the Canadian show Ghost Hunters, bust them up. They taped an episode titled "Jones and for Jellies." The show presented what appeared to be sporadic images of ghosts reported to be that of none other than a deceased weatherman named John Andrew, who is said to have fallen into one of the caverns after a bout he suffered with a local legend called the Trollcomp back in 1943. Now, I tried to do some research into what a Trollcomp is, but nothing would come up other than cave trolls so I'm curious to know now if a trollcomb, spelled T-R-O-L-L-C-O-M-B-E, might be one of those gnomes. Ooh, yeah. But I looked up as much as I could and couldn't find anything definitive about a specific troll from that cave. Everything just kind of comes back around to Tommy Knockers and cave gnomes. What did the locals have to say about all this? Samantha Ashton commented on an article about Crank Caves and said, I heard that there is a tunnel that takes you to Beline Hill, that there is a church down there, and that there were goblins. My hubby went in a bit further than I managed, and was, uh, which was literally a little gate, and uh, I don't like confined spaces. <laughs> Catherine Barnes said, My granddad was a gameskeeper after the war, and the family lived in the White House as it went on with the job. 
It seemed to be haunted because a door would slam and footsteps could be heard crossing the room, but nobody was there. Marie Comber said, We visited a few years ago. It was very eerie and a little spooky, but good to go and see. There's lots of videos online of people's venturing through their then tunnels. David Pilkington posted, The mousy was a small opening at the far end of the caverns. You have to squeeze through a little hole, but as soon as you do, it opens up so you can walk. I went down there with my brother in the 70s, aged about 10 or 11, with an older lad. We took paraffin lanterns stolen from the road workers and chalk to write on the walls which way we were going. Maybe as a child, it seemed like a lot further than it actually was, but I reckon we walked at least a mile underground. The older lad kept telling us that we were under Billinge. We came back unscathed. However, years later, I took my kids there, and the mousey had been caged off with metal bars. Martin Duke Ward commented, Someone told me of the crank rabbit. If you see it, you die within days. I've been there a few times looking for it, but I've never found it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Yates says, I, along with a lad named John Winstonley, entered the caverns via the mouse hole, a thin opening to the left of the main entrance. The tunnel to the left had a roof fall in, and it was blocked, but we went quite deep to the right until we came to an underground lake that could possibly go no further. Finding the way out was difficult because there were a lot of passageways. This would have been back around 1964. And Alan Toppin posted, Read something online about the Army being sent down there years and years and years ago. Been down there a few times now, about ten years back. Though through a little metal gate that hadn't been uh, opened. Nothing much down there. Spent a good hour wandering about. Quite eerie, though. Down there, no cell phone signal whatsoever. Spooky. And Terry Callahan said, Long time ago, my mate John and I went to the caverns and got chased away by the gamekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> who I like to imagine just a crabby old bastard who doesn't like all these kid kids fucking around. Yeah. Now, I tried to research what exactly the crank rabbit is. I came up with a various amount of options here, one of them being a very specific vertical lever corkscrew wine opener. Another one is a vibrator. <laughs> and apparently there is a band also known as Crank Rabbit. But as far as the Crank Rabbit, so the old legend goes that you might see the white rabbit, which is a remark which is still heard amongst today's villagers referring to Crank's old legend, a tragic story from a bygone era. The old lady who lived in a cottage at the foot of the hill on which Crank now stands had a little granddaughter, about six years old, and known as Jenny. Jenny had a large white pet rabbit that she absolutely doted on. Not far from the cottage also lived a farmer who was known locally simply as Old Nick. Old Nick was a miser. He liked to get into arguments. He liked to toss a little bit here and there. He was morose but very wealthy. He came to believe that he had been bewitched by the old woman, and he and a local near-do-weller called Dick Piers began to plot to break the spell 
by spilling the old lady's blood. Well, when they entered the house one night, Jenny, the granddaughter of the old lady, was awoken by all the crashing and shouting. So grabbing her precious white rabbit, which always slept next to her to keep her warm, she and the rabbit escaped unnoticed through a broken door and raced up the hill towards the chapel. Dick Pierce followed her, and angry at losing her into the night, he kicked her white rabbit to death, furious that he couldn't find the girl who was hiding behind a bush. Jesus. Yeah. The next morning, a local monk, going to do a little chapel, found Jenny on the doorstep. Unfortunately, she had passed away due to a nasty bang on the top of her head, sustained by falling against the chapel wall and the sheer exhaustion she suffered from the terrible happenings of the night before. A month after the burial of Jenny, and after one of his alcoholic binges... Dick Pierce was confronted one night by Jenny's white rabbit. And with a cry of stark fear, he turned and ran into the night. The next morning, his body was found at the bottom of a quarry on the local Billinge Hill. So remember, remember, if you will, if you see the white rabbit and crank, do what all country-born folk would do and just be friendly. So it's said now that the white rabbit of Crank is said to also haunt the tunnels of the Crank Caverns. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that, boys and ghouls, is essentially the Crank Caverns in a nutshell. Hmm. And it actually stands as an entrance to a series of shows that we'll be going on to do after our Christmas episode next week. We're going to dive into other cave monsters, trolls. We're going to get into tunnel dwellers. I'd like to also revisit an old book that we talked about many, many years ago about some of the things that live in the Soviet tunnels over in the USSR. And many, many other creepy crawlies that could be living underneath our very own feet. For now, let's go ahead and cut it here, folks. Get on out, and then we will catch you next week. In the meantime, if you haven't already, if you're on the old Instagram, please give us a follow. The handle is PXLParanormal. We're also on Facebook, The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Presto, what do you got for us? And, uh, you know, uh, maybe you don't like iTunes, listen to your podcast, and... Uh... You don't like to use any of the other podcast apps, and that's okay, because we're also on YouTube, and that thing's growing. Uh, we're already up yeah. to, like, I don't know, what did I say, like 100 and 150 subscribers, and one of our video has over 1,300 views already. Like, whoa. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's like big timer right there, right? So, uh, you know, if you uh, haven't checked out the YouTube page, go over there, like and subscribe, share it with all your friends, because, you know, I don't know, maybe they like to watch crap on YouTube or listen to the podcast on YouTube, and we'll take it any way we <laughs> can get it. We're, we're not picky, uh, yeah. uh, so let's uh, grow that bad boy up. And then, uh, listen, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, uh, you know, maybe you're afraid of the crank rabbit or you just want to look like a hobo gnome living in a cave, that's okay because beard, uh, Big Dobbs Beard Bomb, uh, dot com has it all, and you can use promo code 
P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. They make great Christmas gifts because who wouldn't want to get a a tin of Bay Rum or Sweet Tobacco, Fresh Citrus Mint Classic. I mean, I put that shit in my face every day, and I love it. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for your man, go over to Dobbs. Um, He'll just look amazing. He'll smell amazing. and You'll feel like a better person because you got the best gift possible. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And if you're in the Wichita area, folks, please stop on by and see our good friend Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. All right, that about does it for this episode of Pixelated Paranormal. On behalf of Steve, until next time, folks, cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.